Hi, and welcome to episode four of the RyeCast. This is Anthony Fabizio, and I'm here with Kevin Murphy. And our guest this week, I guess every two weeks we're trying to do. That seems to uh, be the trend. Our guest today is Kristen Warner uh, from the history department. Uh, Kristen's been here for 27 years. She was our 2019 Teacher of the Year. Um, and so we know her as one half of the dynamic duo teaching AP Psych along with Kate Dowling. Um, and I know Kristen, sort of maybe best, my best memories of Kristen were when I was hired here. She was the admin of the Rye Writing Project. Were you one of the founding people of the Rye Writing Project? I was one of the original mentors, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, there was a coordinator, uh, a woman named uh, Kathleen McNeila, who was the social studies department chair. And she was really like the founding coordinator of that mm -hmm. program. But I was, I was a mentor. And then she left, I think, three or four years after the program started. Mm -hmm. And I got invited to be, one of the, to be a coordinator, which was a little bit of a leap for me, I think. But mm -hmm. a great, it, it turned out to be a great learning experience. And actually, Joel and I were co-coordinators mm -hmm. for many years. Yeah. Which is awesome. And so, yeah, the, some of my fondest memories of Kristen come from, you know, being one of the first faces that I really dealt with uh, when, when I got here, which was great. So um, today we're going to get to know uh, not Mrs. Warner. That's the plan. We're going to try <laughs> to get to know Kristen today. So, okay. Kevin, yeah, go for it. Uh, so what we've tended to do is, is kind of start with some general questions to go through and we always say like we want to know you as a person, but we have to get to know you as a teacher first, and then we'll build our way out. Um, so we always kind of like to start with like what made you decide you wanted to teach. So first, I want to thank you guys for inviting me here. It's it's uh, this is I think it's a really cool project that you guys are doing. Um, so I decided to teach um, I think for two main reasons. One was that I always loved history and. Um, Looking back, even like as a kid, social studies was always my favorite subject. I can remember in sixth grade, we learned about Latin America and different, cult different countries and the geography, and that was like always my favorite class to go to. Um, and I, I think I just really liked the stories, and I, I liked that they were true stories. I mean, I, I love literature, but there was something about the truth behind the history that was appealing to me. Um, and I ended up being history major in college. I didn't necessarily major in history thinking I'd teach it, um, but after college, I was sort of not sure what I wanted to do. And I ended up working for a year as a paralegal at a law firm. And definitely law school was like on my radar as something I might want to do. Um, but that, that job did not necessarily sell me on the law. Um, it was a fun job, there were a lot of, um, people right out of college working as law, legal assistants. Actually, it's a funny sort of Rye connection. If you guys ever taught um, the Gattaletta girls, Jesse mm -hmm. and um, Sydney, they, uh, their mom hired me for that paralegal job. So um, she, and she was only like a year or two into working there, but she ended up being the paralegal coordinator. And I interviewed with her and she hired me. And then, and I knew she was from Rye, like there was a vague sort of connection to Rye when I came to work here, but um, we hadn't seen each other in decades. And when I was the writing mentor coordinator, I would do um, a talk for eighth grade parents every year, kind of explaining what they could expect when their kids arrived to the high school in ninth grade. 
and would be assigned a writing mentor. Mm -hmm. And so when Shelby, not Sydney, Shelby was in eighth grade, her mom, Carolyn, came to that meeting and uh, afterwards came up, came down to say hello. And she was like, do you remember me? And I was like, it was so hard to make the connection between like Rye and this person that I'd known, you know, 20 years earlier. And so she's like, I'm Carolyn Mosier. And I was like, oh my goodness. And she's like, I was sitting with my friend up there and I leaned over when you got up and said, I hired her to her first job. So <laughs> it was so cool. And now I have Jesse in class. And mm -hmm. so that's been a nice, and Carolyn is actually a graduate of Rye High School. Um, so anyway, that job, it was a lot of like proofreading documents. Mm -hmm. It was a corporate law firm. It's actually One World Trade Center. So that was kind of cool location to work. Um, and, um, but during that year, I guess I started thinking like, I don't think I want to go right to law school. And I guess teaching had always been in the back of my mind, but I'm not, I don't really remember it being that way. But I ended up applying to graduate schools um, to get a master's in teaching like secondary social studies. Mm -hmm. So I got in, did a year program um, of that and, and really enjoyed it. And I think I, the other thing is I had been thinking too that maybe I'd just try and teach in a private school mm -hmm. where you didn't need certification. But I kind of knew like in my gut that that would be really hard. And like I wanted a year of kind of like student teaching and like having someone sort of mentor me through what mm -hmm. it meant to like be in charge of a classroom. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that year paid off. So then like February of that year, I started sending out resumes. And in June, I got invited to come interview in Rye. So it took a long time. There were not a lot of places looking to hire someone with no experience mm -hmm. at that time. It just, and but Jim Rooney, who was the principal here, was very um, sort of open to hiring people who didn't have teaching experience, but he felt kind of had potential. And at that time, I was like the super newbie. Like most of the faculty was closer to retirement age. Mm -hmm. um, and so over the years that I've been here, there's been this, you know, like now I'm the older teacher and there's all these new people that, you know, you guys have come in. And it's cool to have seen that, um, that process. Um, so I think it was, it was like my love for history. Like I, I thought, oh, it'd be a cool thing to like spend the day thinking about history. Mm -hmm. And then I also really like kids. Like I liked, I had been a coach, I had been a counselor, you know, and I just sort of liked interacting with younger people. Um, and it, uh, the other thing that appeals to me about teaching was like knowing that every day would be different. You know, mm -hmm. like you come into your classroom and you're kind of in charge and you know, you're gonna be teaching different things. You're gonna, like you can't predict what the students are gonna do. Mm -hmm. So there's something sort of like energizing about that. Um, and I didn't like the idea of just like going into a job and sort of having it be really similar every day. Um, so I think that was, and I, I didn't really think I'd teach in the same school my whole career. That was know. what my follow-up question was going to be. So this has been, aside yeah. from that paralegal job, this is the only job you've ever had. Yep. Wow. As an adult. Yeah. 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 So um, I thought I'd probably last like five or six years and then maybe I'd go to law school or for a while I was dabbling with like journalism school or like going into journalism. Once I started teaching AP government here, um, which I started the very first year, sort of almost against my wit, like the, the teacher I replaced had taught AP Gov. And at that time we had very few AP classes here. Mm -hmm. So I had like, there was one section of maybe 11 kids. Um, 
but they were basically like, no one else in the department wants it, so here you go. I actually was living up in Boston the summer before I moved down here to teach here, and I got a box of <laughs> books that were AP, like the AP government textbook and a couple of other supplemental um, readers with no note or anything. It was just like <laughs> delivered to my door. And I was like, oh, I guess I'm teaching AP Gov. And I started reading the textbook. Um, but I kind of felt, I, it, that sort of transformed my life. Like it, it definitely led me to be much more politically um, attuned to things. And um, journalism and like the media became much more like on my radar. And so I thought, oh, it'd be cool. And, I, and that also seemed like a job that would be always different, you know, and like challenging in different ways because you'd be working on different stories. Um, but I just kind of settled in here. Like I liked it, you know, <laughs> and it was, it just got to the point where I was like, you get to the point too where it's like, does it make sense to leave? Because, you know, you have a pension and you have like, you're, you're established and, you know, you get married and you have kids and you start to like just focus on other things. And I didn't necessarily want to like start over somewhere. Totally. Yeah. You know, I found interesting, um, almost every person that we've done these with so far have gone in with like, oh, you know, I, I wasn't sure. And then yeah. I got the master's in education or I, I, I trans, I think Joel was the only one. He has so no far. education degrees. Right. No education degree. Yeah. But it's, it's normally, it, it's interesting. Like I think I, I'm the same way. And I, I went in with a math degree. I'm like, I'm not sure what I'm going to go with yet. And then ended up going towards education. So it seems that that's the trend <laughs> as of yeah, right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's super interesting to think about like if you went towards journalism, where would mm -hmm. you go? Or if you went towards the legal way, where right. would you have gone? Is that like if you didn't go to teaching, which one of those two, I guess, or even if there's another career, would you have gone into instead? I think when I was younger, it probably would have been the journalism thing. For some reason, I was like dissuaded from law school. Um, and I knew people who had gone to law school and were leaving the law. Um, and so it just didn't seem like it was a good idea. But now, I kind of love to go to law school. Like, I, I, I think just, it's still um, an intellectual, like, passion, I guess. And, I, and, and just the whole, I don't know. I feel like at this point, too, I'm not worried about money in the same way I was when I was younger. So I could go into the law and, like, use it for, like, social justice law instead of having to, like... Well, I guess I'd still probably take out some loans if I went to law school now, but it'd just be a different, you know, I, I, it, it'd be a shorter career, you know, it'd be a second career. So, I mean, I'm probably not going to go to law school. I'm teaching about the Supreme Court right now, and I always tell the kids that my, my dream job is to be a Supreme Court justice. And technically, you can be on the court without having a law degree, but I was, uh, there's, obviously, you're not, that's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be in the Supreme Court, but I don't want to go to law school, you know, so... We'll see. <laughs> we'll but to, I think that would have been, those are, yeah. We'll have to get you ready for the Supreme Court then. Yeah, they, I know there's going to be an opening now. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get your name on the list. Call President Biden. <laughs> Give him a quick call. <laughs> um, sure. In terms of journalism, you had said it was when you started teaching AP Gov. Were you thinking about like political correspondence? Were you thinking about yeah. a global thing? I don't know why I can like, I can see you like embedding sort of overseas somewhere, oh my gosh, that kind of thing. That's right? such a compliment, thanks. Um, I think I was thinking more like domestic, like, like, yeah. like domestic politics, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and Columbia, like I looked enough into, like Columbia has a journalism school, yeah. and they have a test you take to get in, and it was like a news literacy test. And I probably would be worse at it now because I've sort of 
don't pay as much attention to the news as I used to because it's depressing. But um, at that time, I was just like a super news junkie. And I would kind of go online and they'd have sample tests and I'd take them and I'd be like, oh, I could totally do that. You know, but it was like, it was like, oh, if this is what people need to know. And I thought this is a cool job because this is what you need to know to like be good at that job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to know this stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. that that was appealing to me. Um, but who knows? Yeah, I, I had a friend from college who worked for NPR for years. She worked down in North Carolina and every and I listened to NPR on my commute back and forth every day like that's my news time mm-hmm. um and she would pop like all of a sudden like sometimes you'd be like jessica jones reporting from raleigh north carolina I'd be like oh you know and then i text her when i got out when i got here and be like i just heard your story um but she left journalism like and switched went to grad school in her 40s and now is working in like international relations moved to dc mm-hmm. so i think she got kind of burned out you know i think it's a hard career to sustain yeah. for a long time for sure yeah as teaching is too. I mean, people burn out on teaching too. That's what I was thinking when you had said before that you knew a lot of people that were lawyers and were leaving. It's like, yeah, I feel like no matter what, it I just know happens, right? it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of rare to stick with one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's really not unheard of to hear of like uh, burnout rates in different fields and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's people come into teaching much later in life as well, and right. every, every field too. When you're mm-hmm. looking at it. Um. So, sorry, I totally just changed my... I had, like, forgot my thought midway through there. <laughs> so, I, I, I like that you... I, I keep writing down this, like, law school as a passion, and I always like thinking, like, the passion of, like, how you go through, like, a, a secondary career, or even this career in itself. Um, but I guess what about that law school portion is your passion? Like, what made you kind of say yeah. that? Yeah, I think... Um this just sort of came to me recently, but um, I think I've always sort of had this, like, it really bothers me when things are not fair. Like, like there's this sense, like, like sort of an overdeveloped sense of justice. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, teachers would always say, like, if, if, like, a teacher accused a classmate of doing something that they hadn't done, I would always sort of step in and try and be like, no, no, you didn't see it. Like, this is really what happened. And lots of times teachers would be annoyed by that, which, you know, understandably, and they would say like, okay, you know, you don't, you, you, they'd often be like, okay, lawyer, like you should be a lawyer. Um, but it was like this, like, I wanted to like right the wrong, you mm-hmm. know, like, and make sure that if this kid didn't do what the teacher thought they did, they weren't going to be punished for it or they weren't, mm-hmm. weren't going to get in trouble. Um, and I think like the civil right, like in history, it's always appealed to me, the underdog, like, like, I think it's probably for my dad like he you know I grew up in a real sports centric family I played basketball competitively uh, high school and college mm-hmm. my dad had done college track and and basketball and we always had sports yeah on the you know it was just we like tv was always tuned to sports and lots of times we didn't really have a favorite team in you know whatever game or match was on but my dad would always pick the underdog. You know, he was always like, well, I'm going to root for the, the one who's not favored. And that sort of got, I was like, of course, you know, that, I grew up thinking like, well, that's what you do. Like, mm-hmm. you, and now I'm teaching that to my daughter. You know, like, I can't, we were watching something recently. And I was like, oh, well, we're rooting for that team because they're the underdog. And right away she was like, okay, cool. And I was like, oh, good. Like, she's going to grow up fighting for the underdog too. <laughs> um, so I think that that, um, that aspect of like maybe using the law to help people who need help, you know, who are underdogs, um, is something that appealed to me. I think the problem was that 
anyone who I talked to was like, the law is so detail oriented. Like it's, you're, you're so mired in like the language and the details. And what appeals to me is that sort of like big picture, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so like teaching about the courts and stuff is like fun for me, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't have to be like mired in the language of yep. like how something is written. Um, but I think that that's probably where it comes, you know, it's just like this sort of sense of like trying to right wrongs. Yeah. And that's an avenue to do it. I like that though. Cause it, it's like, it's also the same idea with teaching. Like we go into it with the idea of like, we're trying to help kids in yeah. a sense and we're trying to make them better people overall. Totally. So it's, it's almost pretty similar mm-hmm. in terms of ideas as you're moving on to yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of growing up in a sports family, you said you played basketball. Mm-hmm. What position did you play? Oh, good question. I played the three spot primarily, which is sort of like yes. a swing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it depended on the team. Like, when I was younger, I was always the tallest. So yeah. they put me inside. Yeah. But I, that was, um, I'm, I wasn't, like, super physical. I was mm-hmm. always, like, kind of skinny, scrawny. So I wasn't the best, like, poster. You know, I... I could learn the skills. I was kind of like a very coachable player. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think as I got into high school and then college, they definitely put me more outside on the wing because I had a decent jump shot. And I, and I also like was a pretty good passer. So I could see the core mm-hmm. relatively well. Um, but I wasn't like a bruiser inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> basketball is funny because whenever you start playing basketball as a young kid, if you're the tallest person, yeah. you're the center. It doesn't matter oh, totally. <laughs> what skill set you have. You're yeah. always the center. <laughs> you're always the center. Yeah. yeah I and know. Then, then you just hold your hands up and like they try and throw it to you. Yeah. you know, and you're like higher you, than everyone if else. If you're like anything over like 5'10", and you're like, in, you're like oh yeah, you, you can play a 4 or a 5, and then you go to college and you're like, you're only 6'2"? <laughs> yeah. No, no, you're the, you're the point guard now. And you're like, wait, what? I've never learned how to play that position. <laughs> what position do you, do, did you typically play? Uh, it was, so when I played in, in middle school and high school, I was a 3 or a 4 mm-hmm. because just height-wise. Yeah. And then when I, I played, I ran track in college. I nice. got recruited for that. And then when I would play with my friends and like we played in like a rec league and stuff, they put me at the two and I'm like, I have no idea what to do out here. So <laughs> it's a it's, big, that's a big adjustment. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's such a learning curve with, with sports and that. When that's you guys nice. play before school, uh-huh. do you, do you like mix up the teams each? I guess it depends. It probably mixes up because different it, people it depends are there. Who's there. It's yeah. funny with these guys here because when I first started with them, they're like, Oh yeah, you're a point guard. I'm like, I'm not a point guard. I, <laughs> I can barely dribble a ball. Well, so it, it, I think over the, years of playing with them have become that yeah but nice I'm, I'm definitely not a point guard yeah. <laughs> but well, now maybe now you are now i think i have to yeah right, have, right i've come yeah. into that well, you're role. like you're new we don't want to be point guard here you go <laughs> basically that's how it goes yeah but Can you coached a little bit you said i did i co- like rec league kind of okay. things yeah like i coached my cousin when she was growing up we, co- we grew up in the same town um and uh so I coached her, but I, but I always loved like working with younger kids, yeah. you know, which I think is one of the reasons teaching seemed mm-hmm. something I could do. Yeah. What college yeah. did you play for? I played at Yale. Oh, wow. Oh yeah. Which actually helped me get in. I mean, and I always tell the students now cause that I, I, I don't really like talk about it because it's, I don't know. It seems there's lots of reasons, but like <laughs> when kids here, like rock kids are very impressed by Ivy league. So recently really? I, it Seriously? came up yeah right <laughs> so I was like oh yeah I went to Yale and they're like what and you know and then they find out to play basketball and they're like oh my gosh you know like they, they're like you're not the same person I thought you were 
But I'm like, you guys, this is so, it's so much more competitive now. Like, I wouldn't be on the basketball team at Yale in 2022. Like, mm-hmm. it's just more competitive. And so I was just, I was lucky timing-wise. And there was a coach, my best friend in high school's father was a high school principal. And the girls basketball coach at that high school was one of his best friends. And so I went to camp there as a kid growing up because like her family, you know, I kind of got in through my friends. And then um, I was a counselor at that camp like when I was in high school and college. And that coach had sent two players from his high school to play at Yale. And they were great. So the Yale coach had a relationship with him Mm -hmm. and he kind of talked me up to the Yale coach and he like, you know, he was fond of me and I, I was a decent player, but like, I wasn't going to be as good as those two players probably. But I think he was like, she has the potential. She can do it. And the Yale coach was like, great. So there were just a lot of factors that sort of mm-hmm. fell into place. Um, and actually playing in the Ivy league for me was like a great, um, match because they're, it's, it's like most of the, like all the league games are only on Fridays and Saturdays. So mm-hmm. they really try and minimize travel so that you don't have to miss classes and I loved basketball, but I wasn't one of those people that like lived and breathed it. Like I also sort of wanted a normal life too. And so playing in college, like a lot of places, it's like pretty much you're just with your team most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't, I wasn't looking for that experience. So I think it was a nice match to like have sort of a normal college experience, but also get to play, yeah. you know, and still get to pay competitively. Yeah. It was a great experience. Yeah. Like I would do it again. College and college sports have changed so much. Like yes. now, it's like a full time career it is. is being the athlete right. on campus. And it's like, oh, you're you're just a student. Part yeah, right? like that's a hobby instead yeah. of the other way around. Yeah, it's, it's such a different dynamic. I feel like as yeah. it's changed. And it's not over better the time. necessarily. No. No. no, yeah. I I I did it for three years, and I, I remember I hated. I ended up hating like track after a while because yeah. it's like it's just you wake up. You work out, you go to class, then you go back to a workout, right. and then you're back. It's like a full-time job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you have an injury or something, like, you're, you know, you're battling that. It, it's yeah. just, it's a lot. Yeah. And you're young, you know, and you should, you should be having fun, too. Well, yeah. that, that's part of it. I think a lot of, especially in different places, like, when you go to college, it's really, you're learning about yourself, and you're learning about having fun again, and all these different things. And I think sports sometimes takes away from that. Right. That little bit of, like, learning about who you are as mm-hmm. you're in school. Absolutely, yeah. But do you have anything else? Or, no? Look at that. <laughs> you hit it? That's good. So as this is a nice short one. I, I like this one. We talked about sports, which is even better. <laughs> um, but, it, Kristen, it's actually really interesting to get to know you. I, I've had, I think we've had very few interactions with we each have. other. So for yeah. me, this is like a whole new experience. I, I really enjoyed this. So me thank too. you for coming. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me. We, I appreciate it. Um, so... As I mentioned before, this is the Rye cast with this. So we're, we're trying to get a new teacher each, every other week is what we're kind of deciding right now. And we hope that someone can also get to know you like I got to know you today. And this is a great experience. Um, do you have any last parting things you want to add in? No, I, I just thanks for inviting me. It's been, I've gotten to know you guys better too. And I think this is really cool. I loved listening to your previous yeah. casts and so yeah keep up the good work yeah. so thank you yeah thanks for coming so this is kevin and anthony and thank you all for listening